Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now, here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. So I hope you're ready for a wild ride because today's podcast was just simply a lot of fun. I would love to introduce today on the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series podcast, Mr. Terrell Vidal. He and I had such a great time. He's an amazing guest, an amazing person. He shares the role of faith in all that he does and how he got his start. And we went a little long today, probably about 45 minutes, but we barely scratched the surface. So without further ado, please listen to Mr. Terrell Vidal. Terrell Vidal, welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I'm, I'm blessed to be here. I'm, I'm thankful and I appreciate you for giving me this opportunity to come on your show today. No, we're looking forward to it. We're hearing everything about you, right? Everything you have going on. Do we have like six hours to do this? <laughs> i give you as much as you need. Okay, that's good. that's good. Let's get started. Give us a sketch. I mean, you have so many different initiatives happening. Just a quick sketch. Who is Vidal? Yeah, so basically my, my goal in life was to inspire and empower. So when I was growing up, that's something that was really big uh, you know, for me because I always look for inspiration. And that's what I love when I came into your office. You have all this inspirational quotes and cause that's what I feed off of. You know, I always say inspiration is like, bre- uh, like breathing or bathing. Right. You need it every need day. It. Absolutely. You need it every day. Right. So the thing is, is that with me, uh, I started with Too Deep Entertainment. I'm very big on God uh, and to God be the glory for everything that mm-hmm. he has allowed me to do. So uh, that's how I came out with Too Deep Entertainment, uh, where I got it from Footprints in the Sand. When you've seen, you know, two sets of footprints, it's you and God. When you've seen one set of footprints, that's when God carried you. Where you're never by yourself, God's always with you, so you're always too deep. Right. So, yeah, so it's God and I and everything I do. I got goosebumps already. (laughs) We just got started. Yeah, so, you know, with Too Deep Entertainment, and everything that I've done always been a spiral of that. So, uh, you know, four or five years ago, uh, I wanted to have a headquarters. I wanted to have something to call my own. And that's kind of how Too Deep Estates got birthed because I said, hey, you know, I need somewhere where I could pretty much put my anchor down and say, this is mine. And also building towards the future. So that's how that came about. Then, you know, then I said, you know what, I want to I want to look to do other things. I want to find other things to invest in. I want to find. So that's where G.A.I. came from. And G.A.I. stands for God and I. Ah, (laughs) I see a theme. Yeah. So literally God is involved in everything that I do. All my buildings have to God be the glory on it because it's not mine. It's really for him and his and his purpose. So. Uh, so basically everything that I do have him centered around it. The names is centered around it. So, you know, that's really my true inspiration is to fulfill my purpose and why he put me on this earth. And, and there's ups and downs in everyone's life, right? Absolutely. But in your down times, you have, like you said, too deep, always with you. Yeah, God's always with you. Yeah, and that's because the thing is, is that like, you know, when you as an entrepreneur and when I first started out in this business, uh, you know, starting an entertainment in Youngstown, Ohio, Everybody was against it. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're crazy. That doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? You need to be in L.A. You need to be in New York. You need to be in Miami. 
that's where the mecca of entertainment. But I truly believe that, you know, if you're following your purpose and what God has for you, it's going to develop and it's going to happen. So, and that's kind of, you know, with me. You're delivering an experience, right? And, Absolutely. you know, I've lived in New York and San Francisco and Chicago, and, mm -hmm. and it's really, it hasn't, who cares if you're from Youngstown? If you can come in and deliver yep. an experience Absolutely. and do the job and Absolutely. do it well and execute, people then drop that real quick. Absolutely. It, the, the first meeting, they're all, they always throw it up, <laughs> like, you know, kind of give you the New York, the, you know, what's at the Heisman, right? Yeah, exactly. But, no, but it, it's easy to break through that, right? Because oh, once you start working with them, they see it doesn't matter where you're from, but it's great you set roots down here. Oh, absolutely. I, I believe in this valley. I believe in this town. And I think that this town has a lot of room for growth. And, and I always said to myself, why would I want to go somewhere where everyone's at? Right. I right. want to create the opportunity. Exactly, yeah. And that's right. the thing where I always look for things, what it can be versus for what it is. And that's why I believe this valley could be something special once we have that vision of what it really can be. And that's why you have, you know, great people on your show. That's why you invite, because there's so many. I mean, when I look at your list now, I mean, it's amazing people. And it's going right. to continue to grow. Right. And a lot of people don't even know that, hey, a lot of, there's so much opportunity here. Right. And you have help us change the narrative, right? Because positive stories, you, you've operated on a national, if not global level, <laughs> and you chose Youngstown to set your roots down here. Absolutely, and it, and it kind of makes me laugh. You know, a lot of people ask me that when I go to LA or wherever, they said, where? Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think that in this value, well, I, I went to Ursuline High School, my grad at Ursuline, I went to parochial school, I, I you know, I, I, my wife went to Hiram. So a lot of things here, I just really believe that you could raise a great family here, right. you can make a, have right. a good living here, right. has great neighborhoods here. You know, a lot of people always have this negative notion that, but until you come, you know, to the valley, when right. you look at it, you're like, oh, wow, there's so many people came here from other places and said, man, I thought this was totally different. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's on them, not right? So, Absolutely. So when you were at Ursuline, what did you aspire to do? So did you know, say, when you were in high school or even middle school, I'm doing the entertainment industry, I'm, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to you know, basically have my hands in a lot of pots. Like, wh what were you thinking back then? Uh, back then, actually, none of the above, which oh, wow. is kind of crazy how that happened. Actually, I wanted to be a pilot. A pilot? Yeah, I, I wanted to be a pilot from the day I was born. Like, from, I mean, that I was big into, like, you know, SWAT cats, and I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I was watching Top Gun, like, every day. Oh, no way. Yeah, I was big on Top Gun with Tom Cruise, and I was like, that's going to be me. And, you know, that's what I set it out to do was to be a pilot. And I was going to go to Emory-Riddle, which is an aviation school. And what happened was is that I was playing sports and things like that. And I said, okay, Emory-Riddle didn't have sports. And also, uh, they didn't really do sports scholarships. And with me, I had very humble beginnings. Uh, when I was growing up, I'm uh, I'm a product of the Beatitude House. I don't know if you ever if you're familiar with the Beatitude House. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, which is a homeless shelter for mothers and their children. Where I lived there for three years with my mother, so I didn't really come from money, which I didn't come from money at all. Right. And right. so basically, I was looking for an opportunity. So that's kind of why I didn't end up going that route. So one of my mentors, when I was a senior in college, uh, excuse me, senior in high school at Ursuline, he gave me a book actually called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and it, it changed my life. Right. And that's right. how I ended up being an entrepreneur is because of that book. And then from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I started reading the Cashflow Project. Robert Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki Robert Kiyosaki, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I read that. That's a good book. Oh, it, it, really, it, 
change my life. Take matters into your own hands, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You have a rich dad and a poor dad. Right, right. <laughs> so do you still aspire to be a pilot? I mean, is aviation in your blood? I'm just curious about that. Uh, well, it's kind of funny. I always said I'm going to go out and get my aviation license. Right. But maybe sometime down the road where I got so many things going on right now. So maybe, you know, 20, 30 years from now when things kind of settle down and things like that, then I may take a look at it. But right now, um, every day I'm hustling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a shot of that, Steve. Yeah. So now you had said, was it a teacher that gave you Rich Dad Poor Dad? No, actually one of my mentors. Mentor. Yeah. So uh, I was with this thing called a battalion, and a battalion is like a rite of passage uh, for African Americans who's graduating um, high school. Uh, so we went and we had like different um, actual teachers or mentors. So we had one in healthcare, one in business, one in politics, things like that. So we, I went and uh, he gave everyone the book for free. And uh, so then I read it and then pretty much we connected and, you know, he kind of mentored me along right. the way. And uh, Pastor Simon, uh, he also mentored me a lot. That's how that's how I got started in, in the faith was okay. because of him. Because okay. uh, like I said, you know, my dad, long story with that whole story. But then, you know, with my mom living at the Beatty house, I grew up with Reverend Simon. Right. So growing up with, in that house, I was going to church like every day. Right. So right. I was going to church every day. That's kind of was my laid my foundation. And uh, so he mentored me as far as morals, values, things like that. And then, you know, I just kind of kept going and it just started evolving. So when I was 18, I started reading all these books. And a lot of people always say, you know, hey, you're 33 now. How did you accomplish all this already? Well, a lot of people don't understand. I've been watering these seeds since I was 17 years right, old, right. feeding my soul, feeding myself with this education. So, you know, because I, I, I started just reading and then I read more. And personal development is what I believe changes your mentality. So I looked at things and viewed things differently maybe than before. Is there is there a personal development coach that you look up to, one that you follow specifically? Because there's a range, right? You have the Tony Robbins, yeah. you know, um, you know, Tim Fair. I mean, you who, have a lot who, of different people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who's the guy out of Detroit? Eric. Um, Eric. Preacher Eric. Uh, he's out of Detroit and he told the story about holding, you know, if oh, you yeah, breathe, yeah, yeah. Eric hold, Thomas. Eric Thomas. Right, yeah, right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, Eric is cool. Yeah, but no, I well, I do follow a lot of those guys. I'm kind of, to be honest with you, I'm a melting pot. Like yeah, when yeah, I say, right. I kind of listen to everybody, right. and I kind of, oh, you know, I like this. Oh, okay, I like that. So, but yeah, I mean, I like I like tons of people. Like Grant Cardone is cool. So yeah. he's kind of like in your well, face. You know, it's funny. I have a white shirt, and I call it my Tyler Missing Sales shirt. Oh, really? Because so, he always has a white shirt in his video, sleeves yeah. rolled up. He is over the top. That's what I'm right? saying. He's like in your he's face. He's like aggressive. Yeah. And he's the guy that you're like, okay, maybe we could sell that way, but nah, dial it back. <laughs> yeah, so you he's, know. I mean, everyone has a different taste. Yeah, right. So it all right. depends on what you like. What yeah. you, so I kind of listen to, to everybody. Exactly. I kind of listen to everybody. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So, so would you say this local, your mentor, someone locally that you could see every day had a bigger influence on you with the book than say, you know, all these national thought leaders, absolutely. right? Because yeah, absolutely. it know. was here. Yeah, it, okay, all, it, all, it all started here. And, you know, that was big for me. And it really helped me and developed me. And I think that that's what uh, holds a lot of people back is terrible mentorship. Right. They listen to the wrong people. 
And I think that's why, like with me, you know, a lot of times when a lot of people have a problem, they go to their peers, like right. who they know. So if you have an electrical problem, you know, they go talk to the plumber. Right. And the plumber's giving them advice for electrical problem. And that's the thing where not only when you have an electrical problem, you go to an electrician. Right. Where, and that's what my biggest thing is, is that it, whatever it is that it is going on in my life, I always seek wise counsel. Right. So before any moves I make, I always had, you know, hey, because I always had different people in different industries who I called on. And some people feel like, where with me, I know the person who thinks they know it all knows nothing. So I, I knew that I didn't know enough about that particular subject. So I always was wanted to learn more about real estate or entertainment or whatever it Everyone is. receptive. Like, how did you approach them? Were they receptive to help you or was yeah. it, did it take so time? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. And I always say God set it up. I don't know how else to say it because I was actually a partner youth kid as well. Right. I don't know if you know what the partner youth is, but basically it's a program at the downtown YMCA, right here, Central YMCA, where they help and sponsor memberships for underprivileged kids. And I was an underprivileged kid. Right, so right. I got that. So I got into the Y and uh, I got hired actually sweeping floors when I was 13, 14 by Danelle Seifel. Right. And so, and, and I'm thankful for the opportunity that she granted me. And I was, uh, you know, sweeping floors and refing. And a lot of kids that I refed you know, I was there refing forever, like a decade. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, and then I've met a lot of those people at the Y. So a lot of my mentors, a lot of people that I call on, I met from the YMCA. Got it. Okay. Yep. So okay. it's crazy because they met me when I was, you know, 14, sweeping the floors. And then from sweeping the floors, I got refing. Then I was refing the, 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 the five to seven. Then I went up to the eight to 10 and then so on. So it's kind of like, their kids grew while I was going up. So I was almost was with the same kids right. in all the age right. brackets. So And did they know just maybe a few minutes they spent with you would lead to this success? Exactly. Is Crazy, cool? right? Yeah, yeah. I know. And I'm still friends with a majority of them today. And, and what's so wild about it is that I did not know who they were when I was at the Y. Right. So I'm talking to people that's on boards of banks. I'm talking to CEOs. I'm talking about big time entrepreneurs. And I had no idea who these yeah, people yeah, were. Right. And I think that's was the genuine and that's what's really really good about it because I had no idea who these people so a lot of people come to me and like hey how do you know this guy well I met him when I was 13 at the Y like, yeah, yeah. I have no idea how that happened and I really believe that everything that happened in my life to get me to where I'm at now it, it, it was a reason why those things happened where a lot of times when something negative happened in my life it actually turned out to be positive where you know when you're going through it you're always so hard on yourself where now I always say, okay, God, what are you, what are you trying to teach me? Right. So my perspective changed on that when things are not going right or something may not been as pleasant or I disapprove or a plan didn't work right, where sometimes it might be God just protecting me from myself. Sometimes you need protection from your own ambition. Right, that's true. So that's true. I try to learn and you know, every day I just try to get better. Because a lot of people are so crazy now with everything what came out, to be honest with you, it was your article with the business journal. Because a lot of times a lot of people don't know what I you know, I do entertainment. Right. But entertainment is so broad. Right, right. So, it can mean a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. So with the with the real estate and now doing the real estate plays that I'm doing and, and getting and you know, with the story that you get so now it's more prominent because now right. people are seeing like, oh, well, who's this guy? Right. So, you know, and so it's kind of crazy that, you know, I'm kind of like the new face. On, on yeah. have, you, have you read The Obstacle is the Way by no, Ryan Holiday? No, I have not. So Ryan Holiday, he's a student of Tim Ferriss and he wrote okay. The Obstacle is the Way and it's about stoicism. Yeah. And so it's a similar philosophy around this must mean something, right? Mm -hmm. This 
barrier, this obstacle that's thrown up, it's actually a it's the tied way to forward. something bigger. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And and I, I believe in his timing. I believe in God's timing. And I try I try my best. And that's probably was something that was hard for me uh, is patience. I think patience is, is hard for a lot of people. But with me, I'm always like, hey, I believe in TNT, today, not tomorrow. So if I could do it today, I'm doing it today. Right, right. So that's have always been my philosophy with almost everything I do. And it's crazy because even with my my wedding, so we were going to get married in 18. Uh, well, excuse me. We we're going to get married in 20, excuse me, which is this year. Yeah, right. But we got married in 18. We moved it up two years. So because I liked 08, 08, 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah. So right. I just liked that date. Right. And in 19, I was like, I don't want to get married in an off year or odd year. Right. So I was like, it has to be even. So it's either 18 or 20. So we we're going to get married in 18 uh, in August. But then we switched it to September 1st. So it's kind of funny because even with my wedding, I, I changed it because we were supposed to get married this year, but then the coronavirus happened. Right. So if we would have waited, we wouldn't have been able to have our wedding right. as the way we wanted it. Exactly. We probably could have had it, but it would have been different. Right, 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 right. A so, little more limited. Not exactly, as, right, exactly. Right, so right. it kind of made me laugh where I was like, here it is, strikes again. Yeah, right. So right. I, I truly believe that if you could get something done, do it now. Great advice. <laughs> You have a leadership philosophy with all of your businesses, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you have a lot of different personalities within those businesses yeah. to deal with. So how do you approach that? Is it a universal way, or do you kind of kind of finesse it for each situation? Yeah, so honestly, I believe that my life has taught me so much because remember, I'm a homeless kid from Youngstown, Ohio. So my approach has always been that way, where I never felt like I was better than anyone. So even when you start going up in life, sometimes a lot of people get arrogant. A lot of people get like on a high horse, like I'm better than you, or you should listen to me, or, and that's where I still operate from, hey, I'm living at the Beatrice House. When I started Too Deep Entertainment, I was down on my luck. Nothing was going right in my life. I actually moved back in with my mom, which was just so crazy. Because right. at one point in my life, I, I used to work for AIG, uh, I was the youngest. I was, I've been ambitious my entire life. So I was number one at AIG, doing great. Everything uh, was going amazing in my life. But back in 08, 09, what happened was with the financial crisis, uh, AIG shrunk. A lot of people got laid off. Right. But back then, remember, I was only 22 years old. Right. So I was the first one because I had no seniority. Right. So it went from I was... I was everything was great. I was living it. I was living downtown, driving a great car. I mean, it was just everything was going right. In a matter of 60 days, my life was upside down. Yeah, and you know, I'm back at my mom. Then my so I was I was actually in my sister's bedroom, and a lot of people seen the shots of when Too Deep got started was actually in my sister's bedroom. That was my office, and people used to make fun of me. Actually, my family used to make fun of me because I used to say, "Hey, I'm in my office," and they said. You're in your bedroom. Right, right. You know? <laughs> but, but, hey, no, it's important though, right? You, like you said, you got to put yourself in the place. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I'm one of those people where, and I think that's why I'm able to connect with so many people because it doesn't matter which part you are in your life. I was there at one right. point in my right, life. Right, right, right. So you can still identify with I can still identify with everyone, talk to everyone. And I think that's really a blessing from God is that, you know, I've, I talk to the CEO the same way I talk to the janitor. Right. And, and right. also, I swept floors, I cleaned toilets, I cut grass, I rake leaves, I wash cars. 
I did all of those things. So I never looked down on any of those jobs because those jobs have a purpose because at one point I was that guy. Right. So it, it, it makes me laugh now, you know, when I see things and, you know, I'll go and I'll help out or I'll see a person because I truly believe that everyone needs someone to brighten their day. Right. So, you know, people see me. So I'll go in and say you stop at a rest stop and you'll see someone cleaning and I, and I just go and talk to the guy. Right, right, right. You know, because a lot of people and one time I actually just did it coming back from Cleveland and he looked at me like I was crazy. Because, you know, everyone's going in and out, going in and out. And it was kind of like the guy was, like, invisible. Yeah, Because right. no one's talking to the guy. They're right. just going with their, because it's a rest stop. Right. So. But, you know, I'm talking to him. So he looked at me like I was crazy because it's like, are you talking to me? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so it was just kind of crazy because he's just not accustomed to maybe people talking to him. So, you know, I just truly believe that uh, in life, I kind of, it doesn't matter the person. I kind of talk to them. Be and a meet source them of inspiration, at. right? Right. Exactly. And entrepreneurship, too. AIG, huge company. Absolutely. Out of your control. Absolutely. And entrepreneurship, it's a wild ride, but it's in your control, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, Absolutely. And, so, and to be honest with you, I tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Because right. going through that process, you, have, you, you kind of figure it out. Because it's funny because, you know, it took me 10 years to become an overnight success. You right, know? absolutely. And, it's so <laughs> and it makes me laugh now because a lot of people see, but I've been at this a long time. So to what you're saying is when I first started, you know, it was, it was a lot of downs. It took me forever. I went a long time not making any money because you have to prove yourself. It's not like I had this laundry list or this big resume or I didn't have any of that stuff. Right. So when I first started, it was just straight, hey, I'm going to do it. And you're, you're nervous. You're scared. That's what holds a lot of people back from entrepreneurship is fear. Right. Was it your faith that got you through it or was it um, just the belief in yourself or, you know, how did you overcome the fear? Because you're right. Fear a lot of people are afraid to just do it. Absolutely. You just got to jump in, right? You Absolutely. just got to get going. There's, you can't wait Absolutely. for the invitation, right? You just got to go. So how did you overcome that fear? Uh, honestly, um, through a lot of reading, a lot of prayer, because I truly believe that I couldn't do it by myself, hence too deep. God was right. always with me. But on my downloads, uh, I tried not to get too low on the bad times and not too high on the high times. Right. And when you kind of try to stay in the even keel, you're, you're not so emotional because when your emotions run high your intelligence run low right so i try my best not to get so emotionally involved in whatever it is because a lot of people you know where, where i believe in the law of averages the right. law of attraction right. the average it's just realist gravity it's going to happen so even if you're that bad you're not going to just strike out every time right you know, so I knew that I wasn't that good. So that means I got to talk to 100 to get three. Right. So that's how I looked at it was, you know what? You know, some people could talk to 10 and get three. I might have to talk to 50 to get three. But some people stop at five. And that's what hinders a lot of entrepreneurs is that they, they, they stop before they even get going. Right. So with me, I always tell people, get your nose up. Where, and they're like, what do you mean get your nose up? I tell people, go get a ton of nose. Go out and get 300 no's. Right, right. Yeah. So, and so, and that's how I did it. I looked at it as, you know what? Hey, I, you, I was, so when I talk to some mentees now and I tell them, you need to go say a kumbaya and get okay with being told no. Right. And right. that's what holds it's a resilience. Life. They're scared of a no. Right. And it's so crazy. No, it doesn't hurt you. Right. It's Nothing. not personal, right? I mean, they, it's just, it's just yet another, you know, 
another check mark. That's how you right. gotta look at it. Right. You know, somebody when I always say, you know, the it's a learning we, opportunity. Absolutely. Keep moving. Right? Absolutely. So hey, I just say get accustomed to being told no. When you get accustomed to the no, you become where it's almost like you don't really care anymore to the right. point because it's like, hey, my job is just to here to show you what I'm doing, what it's about, and hey, it's okay. It could be a problem that, that they have, right? Not It's not about exactly. you necessarily, it's about them. And you just got to go through the numbers. Right. You got to go through the numbers and be willing to do it and have the, the, the wherewithal to, to do it. And I always say entrepreneurship is not for the weak of heart. Right. <laughs> it's it's not. not for the weak of heart because you got you're going to be making decisions every day. Sometimes you have to make decisions that you don't want to make and you, you may go a long time. And I think that also is what helped me is that I've been broke. Right. I've been poor. Right. So when I started a business, it didn't really hurt me because right. I was already broke. It takes a lot of sacrifice, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. right. So it didn't necessarily change anything because I was already I was already at my lowest point. So it didn't really have a whole lot to lose per se because I was already there. Right. So I said, you know what, man, I want to go out here and and a lot a lot of times I really believed that when I was going through that process, which I'm still going through it now. I mean, I'm not no Warren Buffett or Mark Zuckerberg, you know, right, I'm not right. no big shot like them. But at the end of the day, going through this process, it's going to get easier. You're always worse at the beginning. Right. You're going to get better, but you have to be willing to get better. Right, exactly. You, you know? take that. And that's what I tell a lot of my mentees. You know, when you started basketball, are you good today like you were when you first started? When you first started, you sucked. Right. But why do you think when you start a business that all of a sudden you're going to be great? Right. No way. And that probably was my biggest downfall, actually. Okay. My biggest downfall was that. <laughs> well, and so that's a great segue. We're going to talk about learning opportunities, otherwise known as leadership mistakes. Yeah. But first, we have to thank our sponsors. The Brain Gain is a collaborative effort, and we'd like to thank the headlining members of the coalition, including Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Moransky Companies, and the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition. Also included are Farmers Bank Group, Youngstown State University, Eastern Gateway Community College, the DeBartolo Corporation, Cortland Bank, MS Consultants, and 898 Marketing. This is good. Oh, definitely. All right. I'm, I'm trying. Well, my thing is, is that with my story of you know where I came from, it's a lot of people. A lot of people think it's hard to believe, and I'm like, you know, because in 2015, I was the poster child for the Beatitude House because they put up the billboard for the wine tasting. Yeah, my face was on the board. Oh no. <laughs> so it makes me laugh, you yeah. know. So a lot of people are like, no way you stand to be out of no way like. Yes way, that yeah. was me. And, and you know, I talk to partner youth because a lot of times, you know, people donate money to a particular cause, but normally you don't see a face. Right. So right. I tell you, so when I was, you know, going through my speech, if you want to say, is that I'm that face that you were supporting over the past, you right. know. It personalizes it. Exactly. They can see literally the impact exactly. that has been made. Exactly. Positive gains and the positive Absolutely. outcomes that happen. And there's so many other Terrells out there. You know, I'm not the only Terrell. There's right. so many others out there, and that's kind of why I want, like, I'm creating this credit union, and I want to touch on that too. No, let's get into it right now. So, so you're a sort, so you're providing financial support. Yeah. So basically, it's a faith-based credit union that I, I'm really uh, focused on getting started within the next six to eight months because what we need a mechanism 
to help people with financial literacy. Right. The number one thing I think holds or hinders people back is finances and the education of finances. If you understand how money works and how money operates, then you could get further ahead and better your life. Because right. a lot of people think I need to make more money. It's not that you need to make more money, you need to stop wasting the money you have. Right, exactly, <laughs> there's a ratio, live within your means. Your, yeah, yeah right. absolutely, so, and that's something that we wanna start, you know, different classes, and a lot of times, a lot of people already messed up. So say you're 30, 35, but no one taught you when you were 18, when you were in college, you went, messed up your credit, you got on check systems. Now here you are where you're like now paying the price for something you did 10 years ago. Right. And nobody wants to give you an opportunity. So we got that low income designation to try to help those individuals become bankable again. Where we're not gonna have all the answers. We still need main, mainstream banks like a Huntington or Cortland or whoever it may be. Uh, you know, Premier, we still need those banks, but at the end of the day, we are like that stepping stone to get them back in the door. But it, it could be anyone. You could bank with the credit union, I could bank there, but at the end of the day, we're trying to get people out of pay their cash advances. We're trying to get people out of like the different car loan places. We're trying to get those people back, and instead of you giving your check, you know, because how that works, you go give your paycheck, then when you get paid every two weeks or every week, you pay them, and then you reborrow it. So, but then it becomes a vicious cycle, right. and now it's hard to get out of. So we want to kind of be that parachute or be that lifeline right. to those to individuals. Exit out of that exactly. situation. Exactly, exactly. Right. How far along are you in this process? So we're actually pretty far along, actually. So I'm hoping within the next you know, six months we could get what we need to get to where we're, we want to go. And then it's about four months after that to actually go out and get the charter, do everything with the state of Ohio and actually get that thing up and running. But we're pretty far along. We got a great board. We have a great working uh, uh, board that we're really focused on getting this thing started. And I think that once we get over this hump, because you have to raise uh, a, 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 I would say significant, Capital. yeah, 150,000 uh, has to be seed money uh, to, get, to get what you need to get the bank going. Or I should say credit union, it's not a bank. But yeah, and that's kind of something that uh, you know we're focused on and we're working towards to get that started. So I've been talking to some different foundations and some different people to, to donate. And actually, I started a campaign online. And Yeah, I heard Netflix actually set aside money for community banks. Is that, were you able to tap? Yeah, and that, those are all things that I'm trying to get into too. Like Bank of America, I said they're going to do a billion dollars, Netflix, Facebook, all those different people. So yeah, because the end goal in how I approach things is I want a little from a lot. Because it's hard to get a lot from a little. Right, right. So, right. you know, we can go out and get, you know, 20, 30, 40 foundations or individuals to donate to this cause, then we could, you know, make it happen. And that's how I believe we all can serve a purpose. So Right. So you're a source of inspiration, right? And you have mentees, and then you're providing financial services. Absolutely. To once again, break the trend, right? And that's the key. And the key is to, the only way we can change our valley is by raising the tide. The rising tide raises all ships, right? So, and that's the thing. So I'm focused on the tide. Right. <laughs> right. So that's the thing, because it's too hard to uh, get individuals. Because I've learned that the hard way because I, I'm only one guy. You're only one person. How do we serve the masses? Right. We need a system to serve them. So that's why this credit unit is so important. Yeah, that's a big lever you can pull to Absolutely. provide the support that's needed. Absolutely. And that's the thing what's really you know important to me is to try to get this tide or this service 
to all these different individual people and try to raise all their knowledge in finances. And then guess what? Now you're able to do more. Right. There are going to be more businesses. Right. There are going to be more people doing more things that's going to help the economy and now, well, the local economy right. and be able to get that up and running. So that's kind of my main focus now is that because I tried so many different things and it you're one person it's right. impossible right no you're, no you're right I mean it's spinning a lot of plates but what what's the what do they say the biggest impact items that you can mm -hmm. initiate and accomplish and this is a major impact item if you could absolutely. solve this problem of just this debt cycle that's that's happened. absolutely yeah financial so that's something that I, I, I'm really focused on and something that I want to want to launch here relatively soon so a lot of people's probably gonna get tired of me hearing right. it or me saying it and, and, and things like that because when you you know when you want to start something you have to be that that light you have right. to be kind of like that champion right of talking about it over and over and also you know a lot of people kind of just get uh here he comes again you yeah. know? Yeah, right. But until it gets started and people actually see it, and that's the thing. Sometimes, you know, seeing is believing. So it's almost like you have to create it for people to believe in it. Right, right. What else does our regional economy need? Like, what else do you think we need? You know, you can't do it all yourself, right? Yeah. And it's it takes a collaborative effort. Absolutely. So do you spot other things that we could be doing as a community to, to boost our economy? And yeah, get and more yeah. inclusive, you know, be more inclusive of everyone. Absolutely, I think the, 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 there's a couple things. Uh, the, the three things to me that's important is one, you have to have economic development. You got to have it in any state, any city. For them to grow, you have to have economic development. Right. The second thing is you have to have a diverse workforce. Right. Because I believe a lot of times we have a lot of diversity, but in the wrong positions. And when I say that is, is that I always say like when, when I see something come out, right, and then all of a sudden they get all this backlash and then they retract it, I always say, I bet you they weren't someone of diversity at that table because they would have said, don't do this. Right. But they didn't have anyone at the table to say, don't do it. So it wasn't, there was no ill intent. They just literally had no idea. Yeah, I mean, so sometimes I've seen that, that happens. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen you great don't know. initiatives. Everybody's culture, everyone's right. culture is different. Right. Everyone's perception is different. Right. So unless you have a diverse group at the table, you don't know how everyone's going to perceive what you're doing. Right. Where your cause could be great, but your execution could be terrible. Right. No, you're right. That's true. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, so and I really believe that's the second thing that's really important is that we gotta have economic development. Two, we have to have diversity in the right places. Because I'm tired of hearing people, oh, we have diversity. And then you open the, and it's like, this is not diversity. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> but I love when people say, oh, we're very diverse. This is not diverse. Yeah, right. So that's right. the second thing. And the third thing that's very, very crucial is education. I feel like a lot of times people get hired, but the training, if we're not training our workforce, if we're not training and actually educating and developing. And it's lifelong learning, yeah. right? It's consistent training and development. Absolutely. And it's, it, it's crazy to me. Right. Like, a lot of times, a lot of things, a lot of times a company don't grow because of the lack of education to their workforce. They're not upskilling. Absolutely. Right? They're, just, they're in a box. They're Absolutely. You have to be, you have to educate and develop. And to me, a lot of people get scared. 
They're like, oh, I don't want this person to take my job. Or where with me, I believe in opulism. I believe that there's more than enough for everybody. Right. And my thing is, is that you should want to educate as many people as possible. Right. Because guess what? Your blessing is going to come. If you try to hinder that knowledge and you try to keep it to yourself, you're only hurting yourself. Right. A scarcity mindset versus Absolutely. an abundance mindset. Absolutely. So I truly believe that we need to train and develop. And, and what happens is, as an economy, it's going to become better. Because right. you have more trained people. <laughs> right, 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 right. So it's it's wild to me that, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people associate this value like, oh, it's crabs in a bucket or, you know, a lot of. But my thing is, is that everyone's not like that. I hate when people look at the minority and think it's the majority. I hate that. Like, you know, I hate the actual generalization. Right. You know, right. a, a lot labeling, of times people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like a lot of people, oh, black people are this way. Or, you know, white people are this way. Like, right. to me, that's so ridiculous. Everyone's a unique individual. Absolutely. And labels are terrible. Absolutely. It's right? so ridiculous. Because you just compartmentalize something. Absolutely. Shuts people's minds down and it doesn't leave them open for... Absolutely. So imagine you being me. I'm young and I'm black. Yeah. So a lot of times I get labeled. Yeah. A lot of times people who don't know me label me immediately. Right. It's because, you know... I, they think or they, their mentality sometimes from an older generation is a younger person don't know anything. Right. And, you know, and sometimes when you're young and black, that negative connotation sometimes even hurt me. Right. Like, because the thing is, I don't dress in a suit and a tie every day. I mean, a lot of days I do. Right. But sometimes I might be in sweats. Right. But just because I'm in sweats doesn't mean I'm any less educated. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it's, it's sad. That how do we change it? How do we change the narrative? How do we change the perspectives? Uh, honestly, I think what it is is that we have to get to know people. Right. How about a hello? Right. Right. right, just because you see somebody walking down doesn't mean they're trying to hurt you. Right, or they mean that like, and that's the thing. Our it mentality goes back to it's fear, internal. Yeah, right? it's a lot of internal. I tell my kids, look someone in the eye, say hello. A hello costs nothing. Isn't that crazy? Right, and just, just engage hello. them because everyone's afraid and they want to stay focused and you know stay on their own course. But yeah. you're missing an opportunity. Absolutely. And, you never, and if and say you say hello, and someone doesn't return the favor or the yeah. hello. Okay, they must be having a bad day. Absolutely. Keep moving. Right. Or you might make that person's day. Oh, right, right, yeah. Exactly. Right, Sometimes right. a hello can go a long way. A please and a thank you go. I always say, I would even with me, like I'm thankful to be on this show right now. Well, you didn't, we didn't have to do this. I'm thankful because at the end of the day, I have an attitude of gratitude. If you go through life of having an attitude of gratitude, you're going to get further ahead. If you go out and, and pay respect to everybody that you meet and talk to, I promise you, your life is going to end well. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's something that's, all, that's how I've always been. I've always had an attitude of gratitude because at the end of the day, I, I'm no one person did it by themselves. Right. Everyone had somebody. Right. So, you know, I hate when people are like, oh, I did this or I accomplished this. You sound ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Somebody yeah. helped you. Right. Whether it's through a mentor, whether through a relationship, whether someone along the way cultivated and got you where you're at. So, you know, I've always had that attitude to say, hey, you know what? I know I didn't do it by myself. Like I shared with you, I've always was seeking wise counsel in anything I did. Right. Because I know that there's someone better than me in this subject or in this industry. I feel like we do need the six hours, right? I feel like <laughs> <laughs> now we probably should wrap it up. This oh, yeah. is part one. I mean, I, I feel like we're going to have parts two, three, four, five, and six, right? Because we've, we've just scratched the surface here. 
but you've been ama an amazing, you're a source of inspiration, you're making things happen, you're helping the community, financial services, I mean, really breaking the cycle, breaking the trends. Yeah, and, and this is something that I would say as far as, I want people to know that everything takes time. Right. Nothing, because a lot of times people see me now and they come to me and talk to me and I always say, hey, you are where you are for a reason. Like stop trying to, because with me, I think that was my biggest downfall is that I wanted it to come quicker. Like why is this not happening? I thought where I'm at now, I thought I'd been here four or five years ago. But that was my biggest downfall is that I was my worst critic. I was beating myself up. I want, so at the end, God has you at, in your position for a reason. Now, I'm not saying don't get better. Don't want to become ambitious. But what I'm saying is, is that take it in stride. You are, you're at, because I know that if I would have gotten what I have now, five, six years ago, I'd have messed it up. Right. I wasn't prepared. So you are not prepared for your blessing right now. So just take that and say, hey, you know what? I need to get prepared for my blessing. Right. And I'm going to go forward and, and go forward in this path. So that's kind of something that's really big for me. And I wanted to, to touch on that because a lot of people's calling me now because they're like, how did you do it so fast? How? I'm like, it's been like 20 years. Right. What are you talking about right. fast? Right. Right. I've been sweeping floors since I was 13. I'm 33 now. Yeah. It's been 20 years. So it took 20 years to become an overnight success. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you so much for your yeah. time today, Terrell. It was I appreciate amazing. it. You're coming back for definitely parts three, four, and five for sure. Well, anything, right. anything for you, Jeff. All right. Thank well, you very much. Thank we you. We enjoyed it today. Absolutely. Praise thank the you. Lord. Before we go, I'd like to thank members of the Brain Gain Coalition, especially our great sponsors. Without them, none of this would be possible. So a big thank you goes to Sweeney, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, the Moransky Companies, and the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition. Thanks so much for their support. And also, please follow, like, and subscribe to this series on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, just go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn, one of my favorite places. You can find me over there at Jeff Leo Herman and send me a message. I will see you next time. I'm growing up in this life and to the human that I need to be. I know that I am not alone. I'm brave. I got what it takes.